Stag. Man and his amazing friend. Uh, Ethan. Hey. Yes. Hey. Hey, man. How How's you doing? it going? It's going well. That's cool. Hey, sometimes I sit there at night and I think, you know, we have a podcast with Ryan Stegman. That's pretty awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and sometimes Donnie Cates. And sometimes Donnie Cates. A lot of the times Donnie Cates. Most and, of the time Donnie Cates. <laughs> yeah. And then I think that uh, we don't make any money off of it, even though Ryan Stegman's very rich. and here to tell us about how rich he is ryan oh uh extremely i was kidding about teeing me up for that um what was i saying oh yeah that i don't eat leftovers i think think before you begin on a depressing note about how you um hey you know um i will once again reiterate in the times that we're in um that you complaining about how hard your life is um, is super attractive <laughs> to our to our ongoing audience. Um, why why does all the bad stuff happen to happen happen to you? It sucks, buddy. Yeah. But <sighs> but I don't think you've actually brought us into this podcast. Um, so if you will, well, definitely. But but it is well, it is super important to highlight though that before we started recording, Ryan was like, "I never bring home doggy bags from restaurants. That's garbage to me." Yeah, I was below me. Bring the show in. Are we going? Are we not going to do? Yeah, okay. All right. Falling apart so much that we can't do an intro to the show yet. You're right. That's You're true. Right. All right. Why don't you go ahead and right. help me out here, Donnie? All right. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Stegman and His Amazing Friends, the best podcast you've ever heard. Uh, like I said, I'm Griffin. That's Ethan. And that's Ryan Stegman. It's his podcast. Donnie Cates is here. Hey, Donnie. Welcome back. Um, and we've got another special guest. Whoa, this is a full cast here tonight, folks. So I don't know if we've ever had this many people on at once this is pretty crazy because we're also joined by mr devin lewis devin oh my god we finally have you on the show that is awesome dude like we have been talking about books that yeah. you edit for s- months we've been talking to these jokers and just hearing yeah. stories but now you're finally here and i'm very excited to have you on here how's it going yeah hi devin hey fellas it's great to be here devin yes welcome to the show buddy welcome to the show and also good to see your face <laughs> my god yeah, you're the first people I've seen in a month and a half, so it's going to be seen. Oh, my God. I thought you were yeah. doing Zoom calls, getting drunk with your friends every night. Yeah, I, I ran out of beer. pictures. Yeah, uh, you're really out? Yeah, like, like, yeah, like CB, CB posts these pictures of, like, oh, we're doing, like, these, like, late-night Marvel, like, drink them up, like, hanging out just to, like, hang out, and it's, like, it's, like, you know, it's CB and Jason Aaron and Scotty Young and... All these people, and I'm like, but boy, I look, that looks looks fun. That looks like a fun thing to be invited. I didn't know about to. this. Now I'm mad. Yeah. No, 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 <laughs> guys. No, they didn't invite you because they knew you had to do the podcast. You got to uh, yeah. be here. Uh, this so. is the cooler part. So. You're right? here hanging out with the supple boys. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. They were like, let them hang out with their children, friends. <laughs> <laughs> oh damn it. Um. <laughs> so, um, so for many of you, uh, um, uh, a lot of you know, a lot of you probably uh, maybe don't know, Devin Lewis is the editor of, of, of a lot of titles, uh, but mainly part of what we're going to be talking about the most here. One is important that, title. Uh, well, two, two or three, Ryan, now, hold on. <laughs> mm-hmm. 
Um, I he mean, is, debatable. He is the editor of <laughs> Venom. He is the editor of the Web of Venom series. He is uh, the editor, uh, or was the editor for Absolute Carnage. Um, he is um, everything everything that Ryan and I, or I, have done uh, with Venom uh, has been in conjunction with this man, including a brand new thing that we're not going to talk about. I'm not going to mention because Devin's going to get Uh-oh. mad at me if not I say anything word. about it. Not a single <laughs> word. Not a, not, a, not a single word. Um, so, um, so yeah, so it's weird, you know, we always say, uh, on the podcast, you know, we, we always say, you know, like Ryan will say Donnie and I's Venom, or I'll say, you know, Ryan and I's Venom. But the reality of it is that Devin is as just as much a part of the process as anyone else. I'm on the phone with Devin, uh, you know, hashing out story points, beating things out, um, as much as I am with Ryan, so he really is our our um, our our fifth beetle um, on the on the <laughs> book, if you will. So it's really nice to have him here. Well, thanks, Donnie. That's an awesome intro, and it's great to be here. Uh, I really appreciate it, the, the the kind words and being able to see what you and Ryan have done with the book uh, and JP and Frank. Uh, it's it's a real treat, uh, and it's a special time to be a Venom fan. I think. And I think we can say one word about that super secret project, which is crazy. And I think that should be the word that we yeah. would that, it, that, it, that yeah. it's crazy. Yeah, it sure is crazy. Um, for those, I turned in one of my best pages ever yesterday. I mean, and Ryan, I turned, and Ryan, I received a double page spread that was inked by JP today. That was one of the coolest things I've ever yeah. seen. So Ryan, yeah. Ryan says this about most of his work, but Ryan legitimately produ- produced, like put in one of the best pages of all time <laughs> yesterday. Uh, I'll show the supple boys. Devin, 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 Devin. Yeah. Devin knows the, oh. The, the, oh my Holy God. shit. The, oh. God, <laughs> the splash page of the guy doing the, the walking out of the thing. It's, uh, oh my God! It's uh, God bless. It's crazy. Um, we're gonna we're gonna talk a lot to Devin here, but I have one thing that I need to uh, get off. A question I need to get off before we we start. Um, yeah, Devin, okay. how do we go about getting Chip fired off of Daredevil? <laughs> oh man, I, I knew I would tell you. I've been working Ryan, at it yeah. and Ryan, working at it. Yeah, Ryan. Again, What's up? I don't. I don't know if the idea of jokes about people losing their jobs is also <laughs> the super greatest. Um, I, I, we're talking about Chip no, here. Yeah, we're, it, yeah. we're not. Ta- it's not people. It's Chip. He's people adjacent. But <laughs> That's I think true. It's Johnny not might people. be on something I, there. I did <laughs> once call. I did. I did once call Chip Zdarsky the Pepsi of people. <laughs> <laughs> so. Brutal. Yeah, which, which, which again, which again is like still one of the meanest things I've ever said to somebody, and I still kind of like <laughs> feel bad about it. Um, but um, I, I guess, I guess I wanted to go back to the origin, Devin. Um, um, uh, when cor- correct me if 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 um, um, if this feels like in like a like my brain is not remembering it correctly but i feel mm-hmm. like the timeline was kind of something like i had just started on thanos and doctor strange and those were going pretty good and i had kind of made it known 
uh, to the Marvel offices in general that like, you know, people were asking because at that point I was actually already under exclusive contract, you know, and so we knew that Mark Wade was going to be taken over on Doctor Strange and, and, and that Thanos run was going to be ending because of um, Jerry Duggan's big, big event. So we, we had to find something. And I put together a list, but at the, at the very top of that list, I was like, Venom, I really, I really, 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 really want Venom. Like, I'm a, I'm a nut for him, and he's one of my dream, dream guys. And I think, you know, um, Axel, our editor-in-chief at the time, uh, came to me and just said, uh, at a retreat, and he said, hey, like, that's Devin. Or maybe you and I had emailed first back and forth and said, like, hey, we'll talk about it at the retreat. Yeah, you know, I think we might have emailed back and forth, yeah. Yeah, and I just said, like, hey, you know, I don't want to ever be that guy who, like, tries to get someone taken off of a book to, like, get on a book. Lord knows I waited three years for fucking Jason Aaron to wrap up so that I could take over there. <laughs> so, like, I don't mind waiting. I just want to be, I just want to always, like, let my intentions be known. And so... You know, I'd, I think I, I think that, yeah, you and I had had exchanged some conversation about just like, hey, if, you know, Mike Costa ever gets to a place where he's wrapping down, I'd really like to be a, a considered um, uh, to at least hear my pitch. And you were very cool about that. And then I think the next thing that we talked about was at a retreat, I came over and I introduced myself to you. And I said, you know, I just wanted to, you know, see where we were at with that kind of thing. Um, and at the, at the time, you, I, I, I seem to remember something about you saying that there was going to be like, the thought process at the time was that there was going to be like a, uh, a group of rotating writers or something like that for Venom for a while. Well, that is, that is, that was kind of my first idea about what to do after Mike ended his run on the book. Because I had always, uh, I, I worked for Steve Wacker when I was an intern. I started off uh, as a right. freshman in college, and Steve was working on the Spidey books at the time. And Steve was running Venom, or Amazing Spider-Man. Uh, Steve ran Amazing Spider-Man, and he shipped three issues a month, which is crazy. Mm. That's a lot of comic book to put out. Right. And at yeah, the time, yeah. he had a rotating group of artists that he called the Brain Trust. And he called it, he called it the Brain Trust in the letter column, and that was sort of the way that it was front-facing, and that's what folks called it at panels and stuff. And I had always thought that Venom had a lot of mileage left in the tank. And I think that we've kind of tapped into some of that with your run, with your run of Brian. And I wanted to build this thing where we had legs, where it could kind of run, and where it was a a 16-issues-a-year book. Um, And I I remember your first pitch came in in November of 2017, uh, it and actually, we're actually coming it actually, next month it, is the two-year anniversary of the first issue, which is crazy. I was going to say, I, no, I no, I think I think my wow. pitch actually came in on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Halloween. That's it was right. Halloween. Yeah, and so we're and so we're coming up on the on the two-year anniversary of the first issue, and we've produced something in the area of like damn near 50 issues in that in that in those two years which is insane you know? it's crazy and one thing that's even crazier is that you know talking about those pages that ryan was just showing off i feel like every issue that you guys put out you ryan jp frank and clayton 
uh, and we as a team, uh, I think the next best page that Ryan has drawn is in every one of those issues. It just oh, I agree, I agree completely. I think better. that. I think that we, we yeah the the fact that I'm I'm excited as excited as I was at the beginning is just totally insane yeah, that, because that never happens you know yeah because as Ryan knows and something that we've talked about on the on on the podcast before Devin is that like I kind of had to be talked into Ryan you know mm-hmm. like you like you and I had these conversations <laughs> and it was never anything against Ryan it was just right. that I I wanted someone that was like maybe outside of the spider family someone who had never done venom you know and you like you deserve all the credit for this which was you were like look will you just get on the phone with ryan and tell him (laughs) tell him the plan that you told me and just see where it goes if it doesn't work it doesn't work you know that's fine and that was that first phone call where i i called ryan and we ended up talking for four hours and I told him the entirety of the of the scope of what we were gonna do, and now like it's it's crazy because we're all still excited about it because that plan hasn't changed at all, and Ryan's now drawing parts of it that like 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 pages are coming in now that however many years ago like I heard Ryan on the phone go like. God, that's gonna be that's that's still gonna be so cool to draw, and like now it, he's actually just doing it, you know. Yeah, I even remember thinking when you were explaining it to me, like, well, you know, like I probably won't be drawing it at that point because that's just kind of how it works. The the kind of carousel of jobs for an artist at Marvel is you just kind of do like six issues and then they ask you to do something else. But right. I, I, you know, it's been kind of hands off. I don't know how it goes in the office, Devin, but nobody nobody's offered me anything else. Because I think they know <laughs> yeah, that I, I think enjoy that, doing I think, this. I think, you know? that, I think that people, you know, uh, the only times that like Ryan has had to, I mean, let's let's just let's just explain this to the audience, right? Is that like sometimes, you know, collectively uh, in the comic books world, people know it as the Stegman Cates run, right? But Ryan has sometimes had to step off, like he stepped off for the second arc and then for Venom Island. Um, but the entire time he's been like the reason why those things have happened is because um, Ryan had to go and draw absolute carnage, you know, um, right. to kit to tell to keep that afloat because Ryan is our main guy and we want to make these big like the big big things happen with that. So, you know, if you've noticed that in like things like Venom Island and the upcoming um, Venom Beyond storyline. Um, that Ryan's not drawing them, and we, and we have some phenomenal guest artists. We have, um, um, I always mispronounce their names, Devin, so help me out. We've got Mark Bagley he, on... Well, yeah, never heard of him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We, had, we, had, we had Mark Bagley on, on, on Venom Island, and then on Beyond, we have... Uh, Iban Coelho and Juan Gedeon, and they're both kicking ass. Yeah, um, and... and, and 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 why you may ask why we have two artists for one arc? Well, there's a there's a you know we have Iban and we have Juan. Um, there's a reason for that because uh, without spoiling too much, Venom Beyond takes place in two different, very distinct locales, and so they'll be each um, uh, drawing those locales. 
um, if that makes any sense. So if you've noticed, mm -hmm. whenever Ryan is, because we get tweets every now and then that are like, when is Ryan coming back to Venom? It's just like, dude, Ryan hasn't been not drawing Venom for like three yeah. years now. It's just that right. you guys <laughs> haven't seen it, you know? And like, like trust me, like when, you know, here when all this world, this when the world calms down a little bit and we can start trying to, you know, get things back to normal and stuff. We can start teasing and announcing and stuff. You'll 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 understand pretty quick. I'll tell you I'll tell you this much about this thing that Ryan and I are working on right now. Ryan and I and Devin and the whole team are working on right now. Uh, it's going to be hard to miss when it's announced. That's true. Yeah, and, it'll, 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 like it'll be it'll, it'll be it'll be um, I I think I think I. You know what? I'm gonna shut up because I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> saying stuff. But is that is that kind of how your natural is that was that kind of your recollection of how we started together? Yeah, that's uh, that's exactly it. And you know, it was kind of a perfect storm because I remember I wasn't quite sure what direction the book was gonna take after Mike uh, concluded right. his run, uh, but we were lucky enough that Ryan came aboard to draw the big explosive Spidey story that we were able to close out with, which was Venom Inc. And if I recall, right. Ryan, I think I even had to convince you to take that on because you were a little yeah. worried about the venom of it all even then. Um, but luckily well, I was doing I was doing I was doing Renew Your Vows at the time. And uh, I mean, I don't know how the sales were or anything on that book, but I was enjoying doing it and I was getting to write some of it and everything. So I was kind of hesitant to jump off. But then I remember I think it was George Belliard. He's a employee at Marvel who uh, as soon as you guys offered it to me, he was he wrote me and he's just like, uh, you have to take that job. It's so cool. And I was like, well, nice. All right. Okay? <laughs> cool. And then, yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, and then I, I kind of found out then in that book that I enjoyed drawing Venom, which was, you know, I, I don't know. I hadn't, I'd never drawn him, you know, for money other than maybe some commissions here and there. Those early issues. There was a lot. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, that we, we did have a, a, a conversation while I was doing that where, you guys talked to me about because I was doing almost that that sort of hulking, yep. that hulked out venom where he's so big that it's it's yeah. unrealistic. And you guys, because that's my my instinct. And then you guys were like, we've been kind of you know. And then I kind of thought about it. I was like, you know what? That is better to not have him be I a complete think, monster. Yeah, I've always thought, and that was the big conversation that like Ryan and I talked about as as we went forward designing what our venom was going to be because you know in the past. Ryan had drawn him as this big hulking monster and also somewhat brutish in the in his face, you know? Mm -hmm. Oh yeah, like a big dumb idiot. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and so <laughs> and certainly there's precedent for both both of those things, but I it, it was it was, you know, my idea but Ryan and I ultimately coming together and figuring it out that he should look like someone that you can sympathize with that not like not not so much leading into like making him a leading man, you know, but like knowing what we knew then about like he's gonna be a father, he's gonna go through this, he's gonna he's gonna do all these things. He needs to look like a man that can is believable that he's um, you know like worried for his kid and like you know has these uh, you know more of a of a. Well, yeah, I mean, I guess that like a leading man kind of a quality, you know, you know, um, and also sli slimming him down um, to me was always 
you know, you, you, you want to be able to always see that there's a man in there, you know? And, yeah. and that's, and that's why you've, you've seen in my run, our run that whenever he has conversations that are like, like when he's trying to, you know, intimidate a, a thug or something in an alleyway, full on masked up, tongue out, you know, sharp teeth and everything. But I've, I've, I've always thought that like Venom is two characters, you know, Venom is the symbiote and Eddie. And when he's, and when he's, and when he's talking to Peter or when it's appropriate, pull it back, show his face. Let's act like, let's get an actor in there. You know, let's, 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 let's make sure that, that, that we get as much Eddie Brock as we, you know, do that as we get our venom, you know? Um, so it's been, it's been, it's just been so smooth and I don't know how you tend to work with your other books and stuff. Um, I've been working with you for so long. Um, I think that we were probably a little bit more hands-on when we were launching that first arc, but these days, I mean, Devin, correct me if I'm wrong at all, but like these days, like because we've we've been really fortunate on this book that like we've had this Bible this entire time that's had every single arc in it, and so even like some of those in that Bible, if you look at it, like like Rex, the first arc Rex and the second arc The Abyss were like broken down issue by issue, and then after that it was like you know, a paragraph here or there or something like that. And then like, oh, Venom does this for arc seven or whatever, you know. Um, so we've always had an idea of what was going to happen. And so nowadays it's just, it's a combination of uh, like, like Devin and I did it today. Uh, we got on the phone and um, we're working on, I'm writing Venom number 31 right now, which is crazy. Um, um, Congratulations, guys. I think I, well. Congratulations yeah. to you too. I mean, it's a it's a, it's an incredible thing to be to for for the fans to show up like 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 this, and and just just as a quick aside, I know that there was some news that came out that some books at Marvel and stuff um, have been on pause. And Devin, feel free to speak to that as much as you feel appropriate, or if you don't want to talk about it at all, that's fine. I will just say that like. Um, it has not affected Venom. We are still very much a go. It has not affected Thor, and it has not affected um, the big event that Ryan and I are, are doing. So, like, Venom fans, no fear. Um, um, so, Devin, I don't know if you... I, you know, I'm not a Disney employee, you know, and so I, I don't, I don't want to speak on behalf of, of anything else, but it is my understanding that, um, you know, things are just being paused for a second. Um, and not outright, you know, pe pe people aren't losing jobs is, w is what I'm saying. Right, right. And, you know, it's a, such a terrible time out in the world right now. But the biggest thing that we're trying to figure out is how to get comics to shops and readers who can accept them safely. Uh, and, of course, you know, as we've been, uh, you know, working our heads around that process, uh we've had to make some adjustments just as, you know, comic shops have, haven't been open, which is scary and uh, right. only, you know, in the sense that we want to make sure that people are safe and not, you know, going out of their way to get, <laughs> put themselves in danger to get a, a comic book. 
Um, but we're, you know, we're, we're hoping that things can work out uh, and we can unpause some of those books, you know, whenever we can. Um, yeah, and we will, and you know, and, 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 we, and, we, and we absolutely will, you know. It's just like, like everything else in the world, you know, bakeries, pet stores, you know, uh, Home Depots, Walmarts, you know, it's, it's, it's all around the world, you know, and, 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 and we're going to come out of it. And we're going to come out of it strong. Um, a lot of our books that we are still keeping in production, um, like your Venoms and your Thors and 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 other books um, that I can't speak to, um, it just means that we're getting like way ahead of schedule. And so, like, you might get like, you know, you know, you might get like. Uh, I mean, I I I I don't know what that looks like on the other side, but I know that books aren't shipping late. You know, because like I, you know, we're we're all just like stacking up scripts and stuff. So, you know, I know it can seem out there like things are dire and everything like that, but you got to understand things. Um, uh, things will be okay. Um, you know, nothing, nothing can kill Spider-Man. You know, um, uh, I don't know, Doc Ock might comic, disagree. <laughs> Say again. I couldn't. Uh, he said he, Doc Ock might disagree. Uh, um, I, no, I, I wanted I, to ask Devin a question. Sure. Yeah. Um, Devin, your personal journey with Venom. So you are a huge Venom fan, correct? I am a huge Venom fan. When when did that start for you? Uh, when I was four. When I was four. When Spider-Man the Animated Series came out, and. Okay. Before before we go down the rabbit hole of the, that is my insane, obsessive, bizarre Venom fandom, uh, I want to hit on one thing you said that has bugged me since I was six years old. Uh, you said that you drew Venom in Venom Inc. like a big, dumb idiot, which is how the world has perceived that character for 20 years. Uh, <laughs> you know, when, I, when I was six, uh, that, that Venom, there, the, the Spider-Man game on N64 and PlayStation 1 came out, uh, and it it was pretty basic, uh, a lot of polygons. Spider-Man didn't have any webs. Uh, and Venom was the only character whose mouth moved. And he was bright blue, and he was stupid, and he made bad jokes. I played but also when he game, talked, of course. I yeah. 100% <laughs> know exactly what you're talking about. But here's the thing, and I think, Devin, I think, I think I'm going to beat you to the punch on, on this one. That even though he was drawn like that, Eddie Brock has never been stupid. Right. Is is that what you were going to say? Well, and when he would talk in the game, he his tongue would stay out, so it would look like he was chewing on his own tongue. No, that's <laughs> right. He can't recover from that. Like he's in, He looked like he was eating his own tongue, which is why I, I put the kibosh on the tongue uh, and why I said that he, for the uh, since his creation, you know, in Lethal Protector, and ever since, he's primarily been colored with blue colorways. And, you know, with right. the modern, that, that was mainly because CMY printers could only print in blue for a long time. You can really print black. Mm. But when, when I took up the book, that was one thing that fortunately with digital coloring, we're able to really kind of assert ourselves on. And Venom should be colored jet black. Um, right. And that was, those were two things that, you know, speaking of my early journey with Venom, like as I was a kid, those are two things where I was like, you know, he could be a little bit more badass. Like he could... He could, he could be cooler. Uh, and a then Donnie I, uh, wrote a pitch with a Venom dragon in it, 
Yeah. yeah. That's pretty neat. Yeah. Well, well, just see, just, just, just to really get back to this thing, because people listen to this podcast every week, and, and it's nice to have an editor here. And, and while we don't have any definitive answers for you, because things, like, like I said, change by the day, I'll just say this, and I, and I know Devin can back me up on this one. Um, Marvel Comics ain't going anywhere. Um, you know, we're gonna we're in the middle of a storm, and we're gonna get through it. We're gonna get through it the best that we can. Um, comics have survived, you know, two world wars, you know, terrorist attacks, recessions, um, and we're gonna re- and we're gonna survive this too, you know. Um, so just whenever you see any of those kind of articles about like books being on pause or anything like that, I just want you to take a breath and understand that 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 ultimately what you're looking at is a good thing because we are taking measures to make sure that there are that 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 we're taking care of our of our staff and that we're and we're taking care of the fan community so that we can be at our best when we come out of this can you agree with me on that dev i think yeah i think that's fair (laughs) okay so enough 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 talk about that. We're 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 definitely going to get through it. I mean, hell, like I said, the last issue that the last issue of Venom that came out was Venom number twenty four, right? I'm I'm on I'm on Venom I'm on Venom thirty one. The last (laughs) issue of Thor that came out was five. I'm on issue nine. You know. Um, Can uh, we say that I did a little something in issue twenty five? Because I just did. Yes. Oh, you did. Well. Oh shit. Yes, we can. I guess we already did. Yeah, yeah. Steg- Stegman did a little, a little spread. You know. Um, a little uh, something. A little, a little something, something. A little, um, a little peek into oh, yeah. things that are coming. You know. I do have a question for Devin, because uh, I want to hear more about the process of becoming the editor of Venom. Now, Venom. So your favorite character of all time, I get, I would guess, is Spider-Man, right? Correct. Yeah. Uh, and then Venom, but Venom's like Venom's up there, right? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I think Venom's probably my favorite villain. Like I remember going to bat okay. for Venom in high school. With so for comics, do but you, that's a separate bullying. In an office environment where you guys are all, you know, working on different books and stuff, do you then? Uh, do you have to angle to get Venom or was it kind of like, that's just how your career played out? I was really lucky because I was in the Spidey office. Um, okay. The, and the, the timing just happened to be right where Robbie Thompson, Ariel Olivetti and Gerardo Sandoval were wrapping up Venom Space Night. Uh, and, you know, they were looking for, I think Jake Thomas was editing the book at that time. And Jake was also in Nick's office and they were looking for a, a chance to reshuffle the books with Marvel Now. Uh, and it, it just so happened to land on my plate. And uh, I had been working on Web Warriors with Mike, and I, I I love Web Warriors, and it's one of the dumbest, silliest, funnest books. Um, but I thought he did some cool work with the spider characters there and would be a good fit on Venom with his G.I. Joe Cobra back, uh, backing, and it, it turned out pretty well. Uh, and then we put Eddie back in the suit pretty quickly, and it was kind of off to the races. Mm-hmm. Would you say you're one of the world's leading Venom historians? 
yeah. Who who knows more, you or Donnie? That, let's have a. We're gonna have a trivia <laughs> off right now. Oh god, oh god. I I'm sure Devin will win because you know what's funny is that like is like if you had asked me prior to working on Venom, like like I I, I could have done a, a, a like a Venom trivia like uh, um um. Uh, challenge uh standing on my head before i started but now that i've started mm-hmm. i like i i'm so i'm so knee deep in it all the time and like so much of it is like now stuff that i've changed or like it's so much of my <laughs> stuff and everything that like it gosh it's so hard i mean we can try if, if you want to if you guys want to try a, <laughs> a venom trivia standoff i don't know how is it gonna go? <laughs> I think you might take. It. We'll pull up a buzz. We'll pull up a BuzzFeed Venom quiz real quick. Oh man, they exist. I haven't been to BuzzFeed here. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Which Venom are you? I'm sure the you know answer eleven questions about <laughs> Tom, which symbiote you are. <laughs> you got Tom Hardy's Venom. Nice. Um, In a yeah. Uh, Devin, uh, as an editor who's gotten to your position in your 20s, you're still not 30 yet, right? I'm not 30 yet. That's this year, though. I am basically, I'm 30. Yeah, no, no, wow, you're, you're a youngin'. Uh, no. Can you explain the, the how how you get to that point for people that might want to try to the editorial track in their lives? Uh, the biggest and best piece of advice is to read is comics. Stay at home. Is, is stay yeah. home. <laughs> yeah. Is the yeah, best right. piece of yeah. advice is stay <laughs> the fuck home. Six feet apart from people, gloves, masks, stay safe. Um, uh, but like I mentioned before, I, I interned with Steve. Um, and I had come from reading the books when I was Well, take up. a step back from that, Dev. Dev, take a step back from that. The The... The uh, who did you take over for as an intern? Uh, I think you were two people previous to me, weren't you? Because I took over for Jana the Jana O'Shea, who worked in Marvel's digital yeah. department. There's a lineage, a direct lineage of of editors that I don't think we've talked about on this podcast. Where um, I think you, because like it's it's kind of different each time, but essentially. Uh, interns kind of choose their own replacement or at least like bring in like the applications right and you you chose someone who then ended up working at Marvel and then they chose John Moisen who now works at Skybound and is my editor at Redneck and then John Moisen chose me to be his yeah, and so like four in a row all ended up like working and and especially like in the way that you and I worked together, we were both like and I worked for Wacker too. I worked for I worked for I mean, I worked for everybody. You, well, you know how it is over there. If anybody needs anybody, they look down editors or interns row and go, "You, can you form a sentence? You know, come over here, you know." So so yeah, eh, Devin and I go go back weirdly, like 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 almost a decade in a way that is uh, uh, almost um, um, spooky, you know. Yeah, I had no idea that interns like elected interns. That's crazy. It was it was Sometimes. the last like task for a lot of interns when I was when I when Donnie and I were doing it was you'd get to look through right. the resumes right. and because part of the part of the 
gig is being able to curate submissions. Like that's that's half the right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Exactly. Um, yeah. And so and being it's, able to and it's, right, it's writing re Yeah, it's writing recaps. It's whatever. It's whatever. It, it's whatever just needs to be done. I mean. You know, like a, a, like a great example of what an intern does is when, when we were doing Absolute Carnage, I was like, I was like, I need you to task some poor bastard intern into getting me a complete list of every human being who has ever worn a symbiote. I mean, that's what you do. Oh my God. That's, that's what you do. And I had to do stuff like that. And Dev had to do stuff like that. Um, but yeah, it is kind of part of how it gets chosen. Now, it, it's a little bit different now because it, it's changed because... When Dev and I were doing it, it was an unpaid uh, gig, and so now, and so now that it's a paid gig, I don't know how it works. I don't know if interns still choose interns or anything. So don't take our word for that. I, but I, let, let me ask you. The, go, oh, go ahead. I think they they get to at least look over like the resumes and talk it through with the editors who run the program because there are two editors, Kathleen right. Mackey and Lauren Amaro, and I think Annalise Fitzer runs it now as well. Uh, and they, they kind of look over the, the resumes and they talk to the interns and they get recommendations like that. All of which is to say, uh, Marvel internship, pretty good way to learn the ins and outs of how an editorial office It is. Works. It is absolutely. So, absolutely. so I have always said did you, you didn't. Oh, go ahead. Um, um, Ryan, sorry, go ahead. Do you mind if I? No, go ahead. You can finish. I, I've, I've, I've always just said that, like, while having an internship certainly didn't teach me how to write. Um, it did expose me to being able to read scripts, which is a great way mm -hmm. to just by osmosis. But what it did teach me was the, the rate at, 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 at how these things are made and the, oh, you yeah. know, the speed and like the man, okay, you, you gotta be able to keep up. You gotta be able to keep up and do it because you know, I don't, I don't think anyone, I don't think I'm talking out of school when I say this, but like when I was there, I was the, I was the specter of death for a few different offices for editors who couldn't keep up, who had to get let go. Oh, and wow. I was the specter of death who had to come in afterwards and come in with a box and take all their stuff oh, down gosh. while everyone else pretends that I'm not there, you know? Damn. And so like it does, that sucks. it does teach you that like, you know, while it is a fun job, it is a job, you know, yeah. and we are, and we are in, and we are in here working. And if you came here because you love comics, that's great, but you also need to love, uh, and be passionate about having a work ethic, you know, and that's, and that's, I think, um, um, I think that's, um, the thing that I took away from it the most and also, those were the guys that I, w I would pick out of the submission files, guys and girls, uh, to uh, give to my editors as like, hey, I think this guy can do it. Because it wasn't just, oh, I know everything about Bullseye. I'm such a huge fan of this. It, it was um, that combined with, I've also had this job, this training. I know how to do this work. I, I know how to do this kind of thing, you know. Um, so like... I've always just said Marvel doesn't hire the biggest fans. They hire the person who does the best job, you know? Right, right. And so, um, Ryan, sorry, you had, you had something you wanted to say? 
Yeah, I just wanted Devin to walk us through. So you so you get an internship, then you're you're not technically working on the books directly, right? You're working on like menial tasks, like Donnie kind of said, and then you slowly work your way in and ingrate, like meet people, and then you can you get into an office and you start working that way. Well, when I started, well, Devin went. Well, Devin went. Covers. Yeah, so Devin went way further than I ever did, like because I was only there for like a year. And so I was doing all the menial tasks of like writing recaps and submissions or, or, or sorry, solicitations and stuff. But yes, I don't, I don't know what it looked like beyond, I, I don't know what it looked like on the next level up from that. Cause I left to go start making like ash cans and stuff. And, uh, you know, I, when I was uh, an intern, I, I busted my hump. I were, it wasn't a paid program. So I was working overnight in the Times Square American Eagle from 6 p.m. Uh, to 4 a.m. Same. Um, yeah, I worked at the uh, I worked at the Halloween <laughs> shop. Well, uh, glad glad to have gotten my foot in the door. Um, and after my internship ended, there just happened to be a, an editorial assistant position open on staff which is not technically a part of editorial. You know, be, Donnie's right. It's one of the things you learn in the internship is that it's a job. It is a job with an, uh, that is, has an office with a lobby uh, and, you know, cubicles and nine to five. It is, it is, it's a business. Um, and the, being a business and a company, there are a lot of different divisions. So the division I was in wasn't technically editorial. It was a, a thing called operations, which basically deals with, you know, the mail, how we're distributing, how we're shipping, all that sort of uh, the, the technical stuff. Uh, and one of my jobs was to ship checks to freelancers who, you know, didn't have any direct deposits set up yet or anything like that. Uh, and it just so happened that Sunna got two books. Sunna got Morbius and Superior Spider-Man team up and needed a helping hand on them and happened to draft me as their assistant editor and we were off to the races. And then it was is the, that the a pretty to get a five page story, a ten page story, <laughs> an issue? Right, right. It with you know, you know, with comics, we we always talk a lot about how like every story is different of how people break in. Is yours pretty typical, um, or 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 is it the same way where it's it's different for everybody about how they became in? You know, because um, I know that like Brevort was an editor, and I know that like a lot of the edit uh, editors, or, or or sorry, was an intern. So I know that like that's a pretty common a common path, I guess. Yeah, it's it's um, definitely different for everybody, I think though, because everybody comes from every kind of walk of life. Like right. we've had editors on staff who had who were architecture majors and but were you know so lots of theater majors I noticed. Lots of theater majors. Oh, Sean, yeah. <laughs> yeah. We got <laughs> What was your what was your after, uh, Joe Q told me to. That was a Joe Q recommendation. Really? We, uh, we gotta get yeah. we, we gotta get Nick Lowe and Steve Wacker on here to do a duet from like Greece or something because those boys. Did you guys know that? Uh, did you know that Griffin studied film? Oh, <laughs> I was in, I, I was in, I was in acting. Hey, I was in I was um I uh I was in um I was in an internationally known acting program uh for a long time. Uh, throughout high school wow. and into college, uh, I wanted to be an actor. Uh, uh, that was actually the like the the dream dream was to be an actor. Turns out when you have a speech impediment, it makes uh, trying like doing like auditions and stuff pretty tough. So, you know, uh, you know, 
learning to or like you know the ability to speak tends to get in the way of being an actor <laughs> as it as, right. as it would turn out but i think i think things have turned out just fine hey yeah you're doing pretty good um D- uh griffin and ethan as yes young supple men who would like to break into the comic book industry do you have any questions for devin yes. at this point you uh, do you have any? Can we uh, pitch you a book? We would like to pitch you. <laughs> I swear to God, I was just about to say if if the next words out of your mouth are "Can we send you a pitch?" I'm gonna, I'm gonna murder both. I, I I know nobody yeah, asks. My this, my, but... my question is: Let me hit you up for your phone number. Yeah yeah, yeah yeah yeah. Let's talk offline. Let's, yeah. let's sidebar. Yeah, let's, let's your AOL. We can. Yeah, my real question, Devin, was when you're seeing submissions coming through and you're seeing people's work, and uh, what what are what like slaps you right in the face immediately of like either okay, this is like this is subpar or this is like this is on par, you know, like like are there are there immediate signals to you when you open something up of like okay, this is this is professional or not? Well, sure, well, sure. I mean, really, well, really quick. There's a little bit of a misnomer in there. A lot of like you're not you're not going to pitch to Marvel, like no, yeah, of course, you, you know, you, you know what I'm saying. So like, I just want to be clear for our audience out there, like you you cannot send a pitch to Marvel, like Marvel yeah, right. Marvel will contact you based on work that they've seen that they think is exciting and stuff. So mm-hmm. it would be something like you know they they would they would Devin would say. Hey, we're looking for a one shot for, you know, Dazzler or 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 something, you know, they'd start you off small. So just to be specific, and I don't mean to keep on trying to answer for you, Dev, just it's just for the audience no, at home. You know. Sure. Um so in a case like that, which is how these things actually work, yeah. what would you be looking for? Well, first off, you're absolutely right. There's a big difference between, you know, someone coming up with five pages from Microsoft Word that are original characters and, you know, here, handing that to someone on a con floor and saying, here, here are my five characters. I want to live in the Marvel Universe. This is why you should hire me. Right. Technically and legally, right. I'm yeah. forbidden to read that document. Like, I legally can't read that Same document. here. If someone right. comes Same up here, to me and hands me a comic book, that is effectively a portfolio submission. Like, that is a very different thing. Right. Uh, but yeah, to answer your yeah, question, right. Ethan, uh, it totally depends on what I'm looking for. Like, uh, I, I usually mm-hmm. do portfolio reviews. You know, I, I, I'm fortunate enough sometimes to be able to go to conventions and things like that. And if almost every mm-hmm. con where Marvel has a presence, we have portfolio reviews for artists, and we tend to have open submissions right. for writers to submit comics that they've self-published or things like that. Right. Uh, with art, right. it hits you right in the face. <laughs> like, it, is, yeah. it yeah. definitely yeah. hits you yeah. right in the face. And I can look at a, a page uh, from uh, a portfolio review and kind of immediately just reading the page, uh, know what I'm looking at, know what kind of critiques I want to give. Uh, there are always like yeah. five or six notes that you're going to give at pretty much every show to every person. You know, watch your anatomy, look for perspective, double check your facial expressions, make sure you're looking at the acting correctly. Uh, we like to think of right. all the characters in the books like they're in front of a camera. So we kind of treat it like a theatrical production. Uh, the same is true of coloring. Like we, we also get colorist portfolios and things like that. Uh, and it's, it's very easy to see when people have like film backgrounds or, or theater backgrounds because that's all the sort of stuff. Like Griffin. <laughs> yeah. Or Nick Lowe and Steve Wacker. Um, 
but that, those are the sorts of things that we we look for and like are, are the are the set are the we call them sets like are the sets are the settings illuminated correctly all that sort of stuff writing's yeah, a little weird yeah. writing's a little bit more difficult because yeah. the circumstance yeah. right. where we tend to look at writing is kind of that one that i just outlined where someone has dropped a mm-hmm. comic in a submission or emailed us a pdf like donnie mentioned uh, but ultimately, a comic book that is, it is a uh, tr- translation or inter- an interpretation of the written language. Uh, it is yeah, the right. artist's understanding of that script, of that story, of that narrative, and of what needs to happen. So it is tougher to sometimes suss out with writing, because you're not quite sure what's the del- delineation between writer and artist and the final product and things like that. Right. Um, but pretty much every book that gets dropped off in an artist submission or a portfolio review or anything like that, I try to read. Uh, and I know that, you know, mm-hmm. pretty much every, we, sometimes we'll get cold calls in the mail. Like people will just mail us, mail us books they've written, whether that's, you know, novels mm-hmm. or graphic novels, whatever it may be. And I know that mm-hmm. everyone on staff does their level best to try and get through them as we're drowning in emails and right. trying to get books to the printer and covers are late and everything's on yeah. fire. But <laughs> Um, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah totally yeah. yeah and i think i i i i uh uh no i was just gonna say that i i, I think that especially when you're going it it, it 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 depends on what the assignment is right so like um you know if it's um hey we have a, a, a four issue miniseries that's gonna tie into um, I don't know. Off the top of my head, Empire, right? It's a it's a Dazzler thing, and 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 we and we already have some parameters set. So she has to go and get this magic thing to go and do this thing, right? Well, then mm-hmm. you know you you have your parameters set and everything. Um, but with like something like Venom, where I had a big open slate in front of me, um my advice is kind of the same thing for both of them, which is go big or go home. You know, I think that especially in the market right now, even if it is just that many, or if it's just where they already have parameters or it's a, you're taking over a title, you know, you're given, you're given the reins to a, to a thing, go in, go insane. Like, like, like try and tell the biggest, baddest story that you can think of within those parameters or within this world. And what I mean by that, don't get me wrong, is I don't mean big fights. I don't mean big explosions. I mean, big emotional, big, uh, big emotions, big, big changes for the character, big developments, you know, creativity. Yeah. Well, that's the, that, that would be the word for it. Right. Um, but, right. but the mistake that I made when I first started at Marvel, when I did that one, like eight page sequence at, uh, during secret wars, which, 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 which actually, um, hurt me a lot, um, was that I tried to be, um, they gave me some parameters of a tie in for secret wars. It was my first thing ever. And I tried to be, um, my, I don't know. I don't know. My, my thinking was that like, I'll pitch something really small and like out of the way. And so editors will like me cause I'm easy to work with and, and, and I'm not getting in anyone's way or anything. And as a consequence, the book came out, no one blinked an eye at it. It was very boring. 
Um, through only my fault, by the way, the art was great. Everything else was on it was great. I did not do a good job with my writing. Um, I didn't, I didn't get hired back for three years. Um, and that's why Thanos wins is the way that Thanos wins is, is because when I came back on Thanos wins, I was like, no, 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 no. I'm going to pitch the craziest shit I can possibly fucking think of. Like I'm gonna write, right, I'm right. gonna write this book like they're gonna take it away from me. I'm like I'm gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> drive this car like I stole it, you know. And I think that if yeah. an if an if a if an if an editor comes to you and they've enjoyed some of your image work or someone's passed something along to them who said like, hey, you really ought to check this guy or this girl out, and then you they go to you with this, hey, we want you to do this She-Hulk miniseries or this whatever, whatever. Go for it. Do write it, write it, write it like you own it. Like write it, write it the same way you wrote that indie book, you know. And they'll come back to you and say, like, if you want to have a She-Hulk book where you know, in in the middle of your of your mini series, she gets Iron Man's armor and 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 put and puts it on and then takes Cap Shield and you know does all this stuff. Put it in the pitch. Show them that you want to go big and you want to do big stories. Now, it's entirely possible that they'll come back and they'll say, hey, we can't use this, we can't use that, but I love your energy, you know, all, all these things. Pitching is a lot about energy, wouldn't you say, Dev? Mm-hmm. Yep. And about you know, the, like the emotional truth that you're driving out with the character. Like if She-Hulk is going to put on that yeah. Iron Man armor, armor, it better be because something scary is coming after her. Like we better right, earn that right, right. we better mean yeah. something. Yeah. Like Donnie's yeah, absolutely yeah. right it when should, he's talking about playing inside of the emotional lines as much as the crazy Marvel Universe stuff. Like one of my favorite comics or graphic right. novels is Killing and Dying by Adrian Domin. And that's five stories that are just the most depressing, emotional, uh, small scale really? <laughs> narratives like about everyday life. Yeah. But they pack as much of a punch as some of the biggest Marvel Universe stories ever because they just move you. And that's and like Absolutely. that's kind of the, yeah. the, at the core of everything. And and Donnie Pitch like tying it all back, that Venom Dragon moved me. Like that was that's crazy. Like that that, that well the that, Venom that, Dragon that, thing though, but but it was a bait. Effect. But but it, but yeah, but but uh, yeah, uh, it, it was kind of a bait and switch though, right? Like you open a you open a pitch on Venom Dragon, but then you know hidden in that pitch, the more you go is a a deep focus on Eddie as a character. And like, you know, when Noel shows up, it means something. And then when Dylan shows up, now he has something, you know, it, it has, it is just, just to use, not to say that like my Venom pitch was the perfect pitch and you should emulate it, but it, it has as much, um, um, uh, big comic book violence but it also has a lot of emotional violence, too. And I think mm-hmm. that I think that those are two things that uh, any editor at any company would would look for for any character. The best piece of advice I've gotten on this book, um, and you know, it has been uh, the Spider Office is a team, and it's a team effort. Nick reads, you know, nine out of ten issues before they go out of the out the door. Uh, and in all the crazy stuff we've done, and Donnie and Ryan and Ivan, the whole the whole crew, only one page ever made my stomach drop and made me wonder about like, ah, should we send this book to the printer? Do I have to worry about this issue? <laughs> uh, and that's I think it's page twelve of Venom Eleven when Eddie gets out of the car in the flashback 
and he's just hit the kid. Ah, like, with the kid. Oh, yeah. God, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Ah, that was a big... It, yeah. And and Nick looked at me, and Nick said, uh, did, did you feel something? Well, clearly, I'm worried about shipping the book. And Nick said, well, then <laughs> yeah. ship the book. Yeah, yeah. Like, that's, get the book out. Like, that's how you know the book. Yeah, goes. I mean, it, right. it, it, it was, that was a big conversation between Ryan and I as well. I mean, Ryan and I went back and forth daily on, like, are we going to do this? Like, because it's... Yeah. It is an it is an inverted um, Uncle Ben moment, you know. It's the yeah. it's the complete opposite. He was the guy who who was the the bad guy of someone else's Uncle Ben origin story, and that's why he works right. every day of his life. And we we went back and forth. And Ryan, who is who is who is a father. I mean, I remember Ryan calling me and being like, "Man, I really I really don't know about this." Like I really don't know if 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 people are gonna forgive him, and, and I was like, you got you, you got to trust me, you got to trust me, and I think that we handle it in a way that that like, I think it adds so much to his character, and he has this he has this line where he says like, you know, I, I'm probably misquoting myself where he says, you know, so if you wanted to know like why I am the way I am, it's because that there has to be someone out there to protect. To, to protect people from people like me, you know, um, right. which I think, I think ultimately while it was a tragedy, so many of our characters have tragedies, like tragic backgrounds. And this is the thing that I love about Eddie more than anything in the world is, is that he's not a perfect character and he's not a, he's not Peter. He's fucked up in the past, you know? And, you know, and you're right. Like, like Nick's Nick's answer, and I'm very proud and thankful for Nick standing up for me. You know, um, um, but yeah, I, I think that I think that, and, and I've said it before, and it's applicable to to what we're talking about. Um, the death of a comic book is not someone being mad at it. The death of a comic book is someone being bored by it. So like, mm-hmm. oh, so yeah, like. Definitely. You know, if you love it and it makes you cheer or cry or fall in love, then we've done our job. If you throw it across the room and you're like, oh, my God, that that Doc Ock piece of shit, like, oh, blah, 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 blah. We, we've, we have, or, or, or if you read it and you say, like, oh, my God, Eddie, like, how could you have done that? You know, like, if you feel something, we've done our job. The only way that we don't do our job is if you put down an issue and you go meh and you and you and you pick up someone yeah. else's comic you know mm-hmm. or don't that's it's our job is, ooh, the worst is thinking about the ones that just get put down ooh. yep yep right exactly exactly not venom 11 all right well huh? what's that not venom 11 <laughs> not, yeah. not venom 11 yeah not that one um i think we can kind of wrap up i have one more question for you Devin. Did you work on Hulk versus Dracula with me? No. First thing we worked on together was Inhuman. Okay. That was the first thing? I think so. We did, didn't you, when I did Superior Spider-Man, you weren't working on that? I, no, I wasn't on, I didn't work on the main Spidey book until like two years after I became an assistant. Okay. Well, that's a dumb way to end it then. We, we really blew ask- right past pop culture news. I wanted to talk about the fact that Sam Raimi is directing Doctor Strange too, but you know, it's fine. I, I, we, we, I had, just, we had too well, much know, interesting conversation well, to we get went, to. We, we, we went long with Dev, and so we're cutting out pop culture news. But that is, 
I, I, you know, everyone keeps on saying like, like, I swear to God, if they don't do like the, you know, multiverse, <laughs> and we see him, we see like, we see the original Spider-Man and all this stuff. I'm just like, to me, it's so obvious that like Kevin Feige and all, all those guys, like, like, I really wouldn't be too worried about it if I, if I were you, <laughs> you know, I really, like, I honestly, like, like, I don't. Obviously, I don't know anything that like no one else does, but I can't imagine a world in which they don't do it. My whole thing is that <laughs> they mentioned in that article that Loki is going to be in it, and uh, your boy over here wrote a whole book about Loki being the, the Sorcerer Supreme, and um, That's right. I'm just hoping for a little, a little, a little, a cranky little boy named Bats to show up in it as well. Um, uh, so at least I can get a special credit in it, which would be really fun. Because uh, uh, if Kevin Feige wants to talk to you about that, he can call you at nine one one. I I imagine <laughs> if Kevin Feige wanted to find my phone number, he'd he'd find it pretty quick. Um, so so yeah. In lieu of pop culture news, um, we uh, Ryan and I have uh, have come together and found something really cool. So if you're not if you're not aware, there's a, a program that's going on right now. Um, you can you you can ha- you, you you can look it up on Twitter. It's uh, hashtag um, creators for comics, and basically a lot of creators, editors, everybody are auctioning off items, cool items like you know. Anywhere from like signed books to I'll write you a short story or I'll draw you in as a background character or, you know, big items like original art or a, a, a rare items, things like this. And, and and what you do is you bid in the comment section. So basically the 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 tweet goes up with like, you know... I'll, I'll just use my friend as an example. Jenny Palmiotti is holding up a thing, like a signed book, right? And he says, this was signed by me and Amanda and blah, 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 blah. Auction, auction will go for 24 hours. Bid below, highest bidder it goes to. And then the company who's running it will contact that person and the PayPal will go right into a fund and that fund goes directly into uh, comic book shops to um, to help them during the shutdown. And so um, Ryan and I have been wanting to do something, and we found something that we think is pretty cool. Um, so um, at Rich- we're selling Devin. We're selling Devin. Oh no! One night. Um, so so at. Um, at retreats and like over the phone and stuff like that, um, Ryan tends to, to draw while we're talking. Um, and so we're going to be auctioning up two pieces. Uh, the first is from the Absolute Carnage Creative Summit. Um, it is a drawing of, uh, of Absolute Carnage that Ryan did that in fact very cool is the first drawing of absolute carnage ever ever drawn Ooh. uh 
It is. He made it in the room. It was me just trying to figure it out while we yeah. were talking. Yeah. Because so it's like on a on it's 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 not very big. You will have to show it off when you put it up, right? Um, but it's like uh, mm-hmm. you'll see the picture of it tomorrow. But it's 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 Ryan trying to figure it out. So it literally is a one of a kind piece of art, and it is the like actual first appearance of of like um like the null version of carnage right the other one though is is even more uh, a little bit more special this comes from uh the four hour conversation that ryan and i had when we first started talking and it is the first drawing ever of null Damn. Uh, it Damn. Is, oh, it shit. is. It is. That's it is crazy. A, it is a piece <laughs> of paper where Ryan has, if I'm not mistaken, it's like uh, it looks somewhat close to Null, like the long hair and yeah. stuff. But there's things changed around it, and there's like little notes, like little like things like written in the in the margins, you know. Um, but it it is it is 100% like certified by your boys uh one of a kind and the first drawing of null uh of all time um the time on it like you know the duration of how long you can bid at least Mm -hmm. long enough for this podcast to come out so if it's like auction ends on monday or 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 sunday then that's how long you'll have to bid for it and all the money will go to shops and that'll be great um so yeah speaking of shops uh donnie you did something cool for a few shops in your area i wanted to know if you wanted to discuss that a little bit because i think other people might be in the position to do something similar um yeah uh i don't (laughs) i don't mind talking about it it's a weird thing man because like i uh so for people who don't know uh three local stores in my town um you know when you you know when you go into a comic book store you have a pull a lot of a lot of people will have subscriptions and they'll have a pull list and when i was a retailer the thing that used to hurt us the most was people getting a pull list and then never coming and picking them up like waiting weeks and weeks and weeks to come and like pick them up right and so as someone who has dealt with that there were three comic book stores in my, in my, in my, um, in my, in Austin. There's, there's actually not that many comic book stores in Austin. Um, Hops and Heroes, uh, Dragon's Lair, and um, Austin Books, so just to plug them. I, I called them each and asked them um, to do the math and figure out how much, um, how much just like, product is sitting in their pull list that people can't come and pick up like can i can i pay for everyone's comics so that people so that you can clear out that debt which is essentially what it is you know um and so i'll just be straight up honest with you the reason that i wanted it to stay anonymous was because i I, this hurts me to say, I was, I, I'm only, I'm not a billionaire or a millionaire. I, 
I, I could afford to do it for local Austin shops. And I didn't want it to get out because I didn't want to have to tell shops no. I didn't want like sh other shops to see me doing this and mm -hmm. think that I was just doing it willy-nilly and then I have to sadly tell them no. Um, but but yeah, so anyway, I bought I bought three shops pull lists. I, I, I cleared their debt out. Um, Austin Books is a, is a store that is, is kind of like my, my local store. Um, and so I shop there every week and they have supported the hell out of me. Um, every time I do a signing there, they like make a cake for me that like, they like screen print the cover of whatever the thing I'm signing on the cake. And they're all just such sweet, sweet guys. And I'm friends with all of them. We have a very close like family dragon's lair, especially, you know, a long time ago when I was, um, I think I was, uh, I had just written Buzzkill and I was writing Ghost Fleet, but I didn't have any other I income coming in. And um, uh, Dragons, I went to Dragons Lair basically with, with my with my with my hat in my hands, and I asked Dragons Lair. I said, "Hey, do you have just like any work for me, like part time work? Like I'll 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 sweep the floors, I'll stock shelves." I've worked in comic book shops my entire life. I, I just, I, it was Christmas time too. So I was like, I need money to buy presents for my family. And they did. And they gave me a job and they like, they, they treated me with nothing but respect and love. And so it was a no brainer to help them out. And then Hops and Heroes is run by um, a soon to be married um, couple um, that um, are a smaller, newer shop that could have just used the help. And so, look, um, I was able to do that, and you know, it was it wasn't uh, it wasn't the least expensive thing in the world. But the the thing that I I want I I'm 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 hoping to spread is that um, if you are a person who is still considered essential and you still have money and you still have things that you can do. You can do this like you 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 can help by at the very least calling your shop and buying your own pull list and, you know, like calling and saying like, hey, I'd like to buy all of the comics that you have that you have ordered for me, you know, or, you know, it's a great it's a great it's a great birthday gift for your friend. It's a great Christmas gift or 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 any kind of a nice uh, gesture, you know. Um, sometimes you know a gift card is also a great way of helping. But also, so many stores are just are just saddled with these pull lists that is just product they can't sell because it's reserved for someone else. Does mm -hmm. that make sense? Yeah. Yeah, and absolutely. so now what's what's cool is that like people in Austin are able to just like roll by Dragon's Lair and everything that was in their box gets brought out to them in a paper sack. And now the only thing that I asked for was that um, that um, the, only, the, the only the only thing that I asked all three shops for in return was um, 
to tell those people to please re reinvest the money back into the shops, you know, check out new books, you know, like, like buy some, buy some, buy some old books that maybe you haven't read. Maybe, maybe you haven't read why the last man or, or, or something like that. Um, you know, and, um, and so, yeah, I, 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 I got a lot of, um, I actually, people have been very sweet about it, but I didn't, I didn't mean for it to go the way that it did. Um, Austin Books, in a very sweet gesture, wanted people to know that I did it, and then once they put it up, and then Bleeding Cool put it up, um, all the all the other shops uh, did too. But uh, again, I don't. I'm not looking for accolades or backpats. I'm looking for two things. I'm looking for uh, other pros and people who are in my position, people who have money and people who have work uh, to find some way of giving back and helping. And it looks like we're doing that with this Creators for Comics thing, which is wonderful. Um, and I, uh, I'm, I'm also doing it. I'm also... Uh, um, I lost my train of thought, but, um, I'm, you know... Basically, I'm doing it. Um, I, I, I'm also doing it because it's a very selfish thing for me, because I I need comic book stores to stay open, and I need them to stay open so that they can buy my silly little comic books and to sell to all you guys. So you know, um, I was I think I was happy to do, and um, but also you know. I I think I think I think one of the coolest things that came out of it for me uh, beyond just being able to help some some people was how many people told me that seeing some good news on Twitter like made their day and I was like well you know what dude if if I can put up a post that as you're scrolling you get a smile and you get some good news instead of all the other bad stuff, then, then, then I'll, I'll take that as well. So, um, is it, obviously the shops are the lifeblood of the comic industry, but is it helpful in any significant way to be buying digitally for people? Because obviously a lot of places are shut down and now comiXology, like Marvel's doing these massive sales and stuff like that. Like, is that, is that, is that a good way to support at all? It is, it is, it is. Um, it, it, it absolutely helps um, the companies, which, you know, we, uh, you know, Marvel and, you know, Marvel publishing, image publishing, stuff like that. We also need revenue streams during these kinds of things. Um, so, yeah, I think, I think, I think any way that you do it, unless the only ways that I would, I would say, please don't do it is through Amazon or pirate it. Uh, but any other way, you're giving money that eventually will get to a company that is making comics or okay. a creator. Do you agree with me on that one, Devin? Right. Yeah, pirating books is the worst. Like, pirating books, I see, and it, it guts me. Because um, I know everyone on every book that I work on, uh, and, and they're all people that I talk to on the phone, and uh, right, I know right, that right. every creator pours their heart and soul into every page, and for that yeah. stuff to go up for free uh, is yeah. that is a yeah. path to losing comics. So if, yeah. if yeah. people yeah. love yeah. the medium well, and they love the genre, 
Yeah. And they should steer clear. Um, but yeah, Dev, w- would you agree with that? Uh, Comicsology is fine. Marvel Unlimited is fine. Um, but just if 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 we if we could ask you, um, go to twenty eight pages which is a site that Leo Williams has put together that you, you can put in your zip code and will match you to a comic book store that will ship comics to you, like older comics. Um, so try that first if you're looking for older stuff. Um, That's really cool. And then, and then absolutely, um, you know. Um, oh, by the way, uh, Leah is um, my monster is chic um, on Twitter. And uh, the website, once again, is 28 pages later. Uh, you know, I kind of play on 28 days later. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, tons and tons and tons of stores on there. They're still doing curbside and, um, and, 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 and mailing. So try that before you try any sort of digital. But yes, uh, Comixology is a good resource. Uh, so is Marvel Unlimited and all those things. Um, I would just, I would just, I would just ask in these times to not buy your books from Amazon, and yeah, right. um, you know, please don't pirate them um, because um, Amazon of all the places on earth right now do not uh, need your help. You know, yeah, they got, um, they got a lot of so go. Here. You can go to. The- my recommendation would be to go to a store and you don't have to buy all their pull lists, but you know, say, Hey, here's, here's some money. I want these to cover, you know, the, your, your most in need customers. Yeah. And you can, uh, you know, people that have lost their jobs. You know, you could do something too, where you say, you you know, call your, call your, call out, call your shop and, and say, Hey, is there a, again, I'm not. I'm not. I'm not trying to say that everyone should do this because I know that a lot of people don't are 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 having financial hard times as well. But what I'm saying is that the people the people who are able to help, maybe what Ryan just said is is call and say, hey, is there one of the pull lists that's kind of dragging you down and everything, and maybe make an offer of them and say, hey, I'll pay that off if if you give it back to me in store credit. So I'll relieve you of this debt now, and then when the stores and when the doors open back up, um, you know maybe I'll I I get I get what he got, you know, uh, in his pull list or or, or something like that, you know. Another another just, great resource just, too I, is mycomicshoplocator.com, which you know I don't know about twenty eight pages later. This is the first I'm hearing of it, but Comic Shop Locator is is something that we point people well, to as well. Yeah, well, comic book shop. Well, comic book shop locator is a great resource, but twenty eight pages later uh, dot com is the is the exact same kind of formula, but it is exclusively set up for shops that will will do curbside, that are still open, and will and will ship to you. So awesome. your 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 um your comic book shop locator. Yeah, it might tell you whether there's a shop near you, but they might be under lockdown and of no help. So, yep. you know, go go to go to 28pageslater.com and, and absolutely find you something. And as I've always said, um, if there's something that you're in particularly looking for, if you're like, hey, I really want to get, you know, uh, uh, the Ecstatics by Mike Allred. I'm trying to find a copy of it. Do you know any retailers who have any? 
tweet that at me at Don Cates and I will I will quote tweet it and I will say hey retailer friends who has a copy that wants to ship it to this guy and I'll and I'll right. tell you what there has not been a single one of those tweets where I haven't gotten 10 different retailers who have responded and said I have a copy sitting right here I'll I'll like DM me and we'll make it happen so um, there's awesome. there's there's a, a million ways to help you know, um, and what's crazy so, too is that a lot of shops have stuff people don't even know about. Like I exactly. today, I decided to look up my my local shop's website. I'm in Astoria, New York. Silver Age Comics is right at my subway stop, and you know I can't afford it, but they've got a twelve thousand dollar double page spread that J.R. Junior original art of him holding the Green Goblin's mask. And I said, oh I, my God. I asked the Spidey uh, office if they wanted to each throw in two grand, and no one bought crazily. Like no one, no one, no one took the bait. Um, oh my God. But, you know, every shop has collectibles, has toys, trades, trading cards, right. statues, T-shirts. What, I'm, sure, I'm sure someone has, you know, Spider-Man branded toilet paper if anyone needs it. Like, they're, they're, they're <laughs> out there uh, and, and, you know, they want to get whatever collectible, whatever product people are looking for in their hands as safely as they can. Uh, and right. that's, that's the only reason I would, you know, I'd say call your local shop before you go digital. Is because you know the the shops get to participate if you if you buy a comic from them. That's a shop with a few employees at least exactly. trying to keep the lights you know, on in a crazy time. One hundred one hundred percent time because because again I I I I I think I'll I I think we've I think what are we at right now, boys? We're about an hour thirty something like that. Yep. Yeah. Okay, well, I think this has been um, a really good podcast, Devin. Thank you for being on, and I think we'll leave it with that. And I think um, I think we can all agree, Devin, Devin as well. I mean, um, you know, we're gonna get through this. There's gonna be, be more comics. Um, there's damn sure gonna be more uh, Stegman and his amazing friends podcasts uh, with mm -hmm. more awesome guests like Devin. Um, I would also like to quickly plug, um, uh, my wife, Megan, uh, we have a, 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 a streaming show that we do on Saturdays at 6 PM central. So that's 6 PM, um, Texas time, uh, where we live, um, where, uh, it's called the, it's called the devil's advocates book club. Um, and basically since I'm a kind of a big two guy and she's an indie gal, um, each week we, um, we swap. So I assign her a big two, uh, Marvel or DC book to review and she gives me an indie book to review and we, and we do that. So that's always, that's all, that's also just, um, you know, really honestly, again, us being really selfish because we just want to hang out with you guys. We just want to talk to somebody. Um, <laughs> but that's a stream that you guys can all come and comment on and stuff like that. Uh, and so we'll be doing one. Uh, what day is it today? Is this Thursday? Yep. The 16th. Yeah, 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 yeah. So we'll have one up on Saturday um, and we'll plug the auction there again since, since that's a live stream. And um and keep on keeping on out there, guys. Uh, there's more comics coming. I know um, I'm I'm I am up to my eyeballs in work, uh, not just at Marvel, but at 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 Image and 
you know, all 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 kinds of new ideas and books being being planted that that um, that that you are all going to read and you're all going to read um, with a copy of it in your hands someday. Um, and um, I think that I think that I think that a a nice little uh, this too shall pass as a parting uh, thought would be a good thing here. Absolutely. Well, hey, uh, Devin, just like Donnie said, fantastic finally getting you on the show. Is there anything that you yeah. want to plug or recommend or anything else you got? What's your Twitter handle? Oh, I'm, I'm E. Devin Lewis on Twitter. Um, and there mm-hmm. is actually one plug I want to make. Um, sure. You know, Creators for Comics is such an exciting uh, endeavor and uh, idea. And it's, it's so great to support the shop. But, it, you know, if, if someone, if listeners out there, uh, support their shops and they still want to feel like they, they should give, uh, I'd encourage them to look to the Hero Initiative as well, which, uh, you know, yeah. supports mm-hmm. creators from yesteryear and, and uh, you know, mm-hmm. folks who, who may not necessarily be working in the biz anymore. Um, but I know that they've also got some auctions up and they're doing great things. I think Zdarsky, speaking of <laughs> that, that little yeah. thing, uh, I think Ship had a, an auction up there as well. Um, so I'd point people in that direction. Don't let that don't Cut, let that cut his mic! <laughs> Yeah, yeah, Devin. Devin, um, uh, Meg is actually on the board of directors at the Heroes um, a, 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 a initiative, um, and so we'll we'll be giving that a big old plug on the show on Saturday as well. So that's, that's awesome. also something that's a good uh, that's a good point to bring up too. They're great people. Like that's the they're they're one of they're the great heroes. people. Absolutely, absolutely um, on the on the on the side of the angels on this thing. So. Um, so, um, uh, Griff, you want to take us out of here? Yeah, if the Venom boys have nothing else to add. Um, stay safe. Stay safe. Stay the fuck home. Um, mm-hmm. you, yes, you know, the, please do. The Devil's Advocate's motto is read comics and do dope. You can do both of those at home. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Um, and go- do dope or do dope shit. Whatever gets you through the times, I guess, man. Um, but 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 these are tough but, times. But but going outside is not fucking dope. Just stay in. It's okay. Watch a cool show. You know, build some puzzles. Go a little insane. You know. Um, but uh, but you know. Hey, this is why we fucking invented comics. Go buy some comics. Absolutely. Yeah, Absolutely. I've been reading a lot of comics because of this. Exactly, so. exactly. Hell yeah. All right, well, I think that's the end of the episode. You can find all of our episodes at stegmanandfriends.com. You can also email us at stegmanandfriends at gmail.com. Let us know what your thoughts are on the show, and we'll read those out on a mailbag episode. Thank you, Donnie. Uh, the show is at Stegman Show on Twitter and Instagram, so follow us to stay up to date on everything. Uh, you can leave a review for us on iTunes or Apple Podcasts or whatever you want to call it. We'll read those eventually as well. Uh, you can find us everywhere on Apple and Google Podcasts and Spotify and, like I said already, stegmanandfriends.com for all the rest of the stuff. I'm at Griff Sheridan. Ethan's at Tales of Astonish. Ryan is at Ryan Stegman. And Donnie Cates is at Don Cates. Those are the Twitter handles. the fuck home. I love you. Stay safe. Good night.